It's Azizu back again, E-Society Podcast, and this is Anchor Time. But before I go any further, it's the Nez. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? We're back. Quick uh, with the Anchor. I know the Azizu's got, uh, got another NBA checking in coming for everyone, for everyone. Sure. Yeah, I can definitely do that uh, tomorrow. Warriors, Timberwolves, perfect time to do a check-in. All right. And the one... The win from last night. Rockets. Yeah. We're, I don't even know what Saturday on the 25th is uh, February, everyone, uh, that we're recording this on. So, but all right, tonight, anchor time. I am on 80skids.com. Never knew this site existed. And you guys know I'm a kid of the 80s. So, this is. The 20 greatest video games of the 1980s. Uh, oh, I know, love it. I know we've done video games before, and we were just kind of rambling on them uh, throughout the years on what our favorite ones are. So, um, let me before it goes in. Let me read what this says here. The 80s was a roller coaster ride for video games. The decade hit off with video game crash. With revenues peaking at around $3.2 billion in 1983 and falling to around $100 million in 1985. All right. Because um, I, I guess the boom was during the, uh, the, the home video systems, Atari and uh, the many that, that came, the ColecoVision, the Intellivisions. Uh, some of you probably, you younger listeners are probably, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Google, Google them. <laughs> maybe, who knows? Maybe we'll come on here and uh, and review what we remember. I, I remember more Atari than in television and uh, ColecoVision and whatever the other ones else said, Pong and all that. But yeah, while the years after fall uh, after the fall were witnesses to an incredible rise of the video game industry as we know today, although it would be the 1990s that would see graphics uh, fidelity. Fidelity, I guess. Yeah, and, that's right. And, and tech, tech, yeah. uh, far greater than anything before. Many influential and many influential titles were released during the eighties. Here are some of the best. All right, this is eightykids.com's list, not ours. Um, for those of you that are new, when we read, new to the show, when we read these lists, we don't read them before. I just find titles; they seem interesting to me. And we're going to give you guys what we think. All right, here we go. From number 20, 1987's Contra. Oh, huge Contra fan. I, this was a, I know it was um, a home system one. Was it also a stand-up one? Yeah, it was both. Uh, I played it a lot in both, obviously more at home. Uh, this is also famous for being one of the most go-to in the classic Konami code, which uh, it, it outlasted. It, it went, you know, generations beyond uh, just, you know, the famous up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA. A lot of people said start. I always was select start, I guess, because it was, uh, was uh, two player for Contra. <laughs> I remember playing this in the arcade 
And of course, I played it. Um, I think Nintendo. I don't remember it being for yeah. Atari. If it if it was for Atari, it was probably a crappier version. But NES, the stand up one. I remember just pumping in the quarters. Oh uh, yeah, for those. That These one are, this felt harder. <laughs> this was when video games were a quarter, not a dollar, or however crazy price it is now. Goodness. But the, the point of this game, you're two soldiers. Fighting the enemies level after level, it gets harder and harder as the game went on. Did you ever finish this? I did. Uh, yeah, proud to have finished the uh, the home uh, version. So, yeah, we. I mean, uh, my buddy and I. I remember we just pumped in quarter after quarter. We we never finished it. We got pretty we didn't far finish though. At the arcade though. <laughs> Only we got home. pretty, yeah, we got pretty far. I know we finished it at home, but we got pretty far uh, in the game, the stand-up one. But we we never finished it. But yeah, it's just you, you, you. It, it was better to play with someone. I mean, it's cool to play by yourself, but if you were, uh, you had a partner to play the the game with you, it was that much more fun. You're having a good time, screaming and yelling, especially when when the levels got high, higher and harder. Everyone's everyone starts to crowd around. That hasn't seen these levels before. The only oh, reason I we got that, yeah, the only reason we really got uh, so high is because we kept pumping in money. It's usually, man, you you pump in a few quarters yep. and then when when you die, you die. But now nah, this game was fun. I loved it. Um, all right, moving on to number twenty. This is a game I didn't play. Maybe you have number coming in at number nineteen. Ultima five or no four. Quest of the Avatar, the game that came out in 1985. I've never even heard of this game. Have you? I haven't. For a split second in my mind, I confused it with, um, what was that one? It was the four-player Gauntlet. Gauntlet, yeah. Yeah, I confused it with Gauntlet in my head. (laughs) That game was fun. I loved Gauntlet. I, I wonder if it's on this list, but... This one, I've never even heard of this game. This one, I assume these are just from looking at the graphics on this website. They, these must just be the um, NES games, or because I don't. This, this, yeah, these, these are these are NES. Uh, that came out in the eighties, didn't it? Late eighties. Yeah. Yeah. For for those of you that even remember that. Yeah, this one. I don't think I played this game, much less heard of it. So I can't really. It, tell you what it's about but all right number 18 i remember this but I, it never really piqued my interest to play coming in at number 18 boulder dash came out in okay, 1984 yeah. same. did you play this one same aware of it but no never really messed with it okay before minecraft bought the brought the joys of uh evac evac evacuation vacation i don't know and a whole new audience there was another uh, sedimentary phenomenon, Boulder Dash. The game puts players on the shores of Rockford who mines through underground caves in order to grab gems and reach the exit before either time runs out uh, else, uh, or else uh, he's killed by horrible creatures. Yeah, I mean, I remember the game, but I never really played it. I mean, it Thanks. didn't, didn't uh, pique my interest or anything. But for those of you that remember Boulder Dash, 1984... It uh, didn't seem that very long uh, for us, but it was a long time ago. But we shall see. Ah, finally getting something that uh, 
that I played many, many hours on, coming in at number 17, the 1980 version, the original version, Pac-Man. Oh, <laughs> of course, everyone. The given. Yeah. I mean, you, you eat the little dots, you get the power ups, and then you start chasing a ghost while they're blue before they before they t- change back and get you. This is one of those games that I played over and over and over. I'll still play it today if I come across it. Me, I love Miss Pac-Man more than Pac-Man, but this is the one that started it off. We had Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man Junior, Super Pac-Man, and then all the other crazy ones. And then there was Pac-Man 3D, and the graphics just got better. But this one, it was one one pad or one layout. I mean, you you got the the. The game got harder and harder the higher you went, but it was just the same grid of you going around. Um, were you one of those guys that had a pattern when you played this? No, very random for me when I play. I just kind of read and react. <laughs> yeah, that was me. I mean, I there was, there was back in the 80s, man, there was tons of books that would come out that had patterns to do this because there was one guy I used to watch. At the bowling alley, here was the uh, the bump pattern. You do some crazy pattern, and then the two ghosts uh, come at you from either side. They both bump off you and then go a different direction. So I I don't know what that pattern was, but I mean I it was just me. It was just going wild, trying to eat as much as I can, get the ghosts, get the little fruits uh, that yep. popped up. I mean I think the highest I've gotten was the apple. And I'm not really sure what was after that, <laughs> but that's all I can remember. Apple getting to the apple was was good enough to me. Right, uh, I really <laughs> loved. It. I know it was like after you uh, cleared so many uh, screens, there'd be a little animated thing coming across and all that. So, no, that was Miss Pac-Man when they brought the Junior. But anyway, it, it was just random things like that. For those of you that remember Pac-Man, I mean, it is a classic '80s game. Um, I remember when the Atari version came out, I was all about that. Didn't even look close to what it looked like uh, in the, the Midway version. But, hey, it was still it's still a fun game. It's still out there. I like these um, nostalgic 80s-themed bars that you come across, and it's all 80s video games and everything. So, I mean, you pay, uh, I think I paid like $20 to go in, just to, and it was just unlimited video games and course you had to buy your beers and your snacks and all that but i mean you you think twenty dollars is a lot to go into something like that other than paying for beer and whatever else but used to be used to be good enough as you're pumping in the quarters man i mean that can add up it does you you can easily blow through let's just over twenty dollars i know i have (laughs) oh yeah easy (laughs) all right uh coming on to number 16 came a game that came out in 1983, I never even heard of this game, much less seen it. It's called Mule, but Mule must stand for something. Uh, At first, Mule was met with muted critical response and poor sales. However, in recent years, the game has been repraised as one of the 80s most influential games due to the strategy involved, one that ended up inspiring uh, the likes of StarCraft. The game requires... Players to harvest resources and form economic strategies. Uh, I don't want to think really think about it if I'm gonna play games. <laughs> so, but it also has a first of its kind to implement the clever single screen multiplayer mode. It doesn't really. St- I guess that. 
I don't know what this is. Let me let me send it to you. Let me see if you remember uh, the this little screen. Probably not. I doesn't sound yeah, like I, it. I don't even know what mules. I don't even know what mule stands for. <laughs> it, I thought oh. it was. You remember this? No. <laughs> I, I, if anything, it might have been like a um, a PC game, but I, I don't You're know. Right. I never. I I could not tell you what mule stands for. So I mean, I figured it would say in this little synopsis, but it doesn't. But all right. Um, this is one game I never really got into. I remember um, a lot of my friends played it. Uh, this is coming in number 15. This game came out in 1989. Uh, total, I'm not sure if it was an arcade game, but I do remember the Nintendo one. This is Mega Man 2. Did you play this yeah. one? Oh, yeah. Big time. And uh, it, those ones actually quite challenging. Like, Mega Man's pretty unforgiving series <laughs> it really tests you um it perhaps wasn't uh innovative others in the list so far but Mega Man 2 makes up for its perfectly designed fun it was the first incarnation of the game didn't really take off the follow-up was a commercial success all right i remember that because i remember when Mega Man 2 came out Everybody was going nuts for it. I don't even remember Mega Man. I remember what the character looks like. I still see it today, but I never really got into this game. Oh, yeah, I did, uh, especially for that one. Um, I, I've always like kind of been nostalgic and then like tried to dive back in, but uh, nothing ever really stuck to me like Mega Man 2. Like the whole premise, it has the screen at the start where you pick it's it's like uh all these different like woodman and windman and uh you platform through the level until you eventually face the boss and then if it's like wood guy you get the the wood power if it's the wind guy you get wind power and that's how you actually there's a a, a order that actually makes it easier because like you know one guy, like the fire guy, is susceptible to water. So if you get the water power, then um, you'll have a easier time beating the fire dude. So, yeah, I played it a ton and loved it. <laughs> I never played it once. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I knew the characters, but I just never really got into the game. All right, this is another game coming in number 14. Game came out in 1987. R type, R dash oh, yeah. type. I don't even know what this game is. The graphics are cool. It's it's uh, one of those uh, side scroller, the shooters. Choo 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 choo. You shoot the the ships and you shoot it, the th- coming things. So it's just moving sideways and you just blast yeah. everything that comes at you. Yep. It looks cool. I mean, it's just some. Scientific uh, sci-fi creature machines. Yep. And you're Button jumping, master. you're jumping and ducking. Hit that fire that. button. Fire, fire, yeah. fire, 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 fire. I I don't remember this game, but if you guys remember R Type, yeah, I mean, bring bring back memories for yourself because I had no idea. All right, <laughs> this game I remember it. I never played it really. Um, I I do I don't like reading. My video games. <laughs> um, but this is coming at number 13. This came out in 1988. Wasteland. 
Do you remember this? I don't. Uh, it may be on the list. It may not. But the one I thought you might be saying, uh, which actually is getting uh, a collector's edition revival right now through uh, limited edition games on the internet, is uh, Maniac Mansion. Do you remember that one? I remember it. I never played it. Yeah, that was that kind of game, too, where it was like that kind of setup. All right. The the predecessor of the legendary RPG series Fallout Wasteland is set in the post-apocalyptic America and allows players to overcome tasks using more than just brute force. Just as in Fallout, players are encouraged to talk their way out of potentially hostile situations, sometimes even avoiding them entirely. One Sounds of the game's major, well, yeah, one of the game's major boosts was its memory management system. Players can return to an area and find it uh, just as they'd left at in many hours before. See, all right, for boys and girls, for those of you that that, that are just used to saving your games wherever you're playing, back Honestly. in the good old back in the good <laughs> old days in the beginning of video games, we didn't have those. <laughs> um, yeah, then when Nintendo. Some of them I remember you could save, but I remember um, my buddy Gav, he was playing um, The Legend of Zelda, and there was no save points. Because I remember he would play and play and yep. get to a part, pause it, on. yeah, go to school, yep. do whatever Same. he was doing, go out, skate, <laughs> whatever. He'd come back, turn his TV on, unpause it, and keep playing. And I was like, aren't you Same. afraid that thing's going to heat up or anything? But I yep. guess... Oh yeah, and it would, it would too. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It was was that one of those games that never ended? Pretty sure, yeah. But okay. also, yeah, just you're reminding me of doing that. I totally did that, and then on top of that, like obviously, a few times I would, you know, tell my folks like, "Hey, like leave it on," but. Obviously, they probably weren't the biggest fan of that idea. So I remember a few times I, I, the workaround was I'd uh, like drape like a shirt or like a piece of clothing. So you couldn't tell the power button was on on the Nintendo. And hopefully they didn't pay enough attention enough to hear it going. <laughs> My friend had his in his room and he lived his, his room was up in the attic. So right. I assume they never went up there. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I never heard of this game sounds cool but those of you who remember wasteland in 1988 i'm sure you got fond memories of it all right this one i remember seeing it in the stand-up arcade but i never really played it it didn't make a movie though uh coming in number 12 prince of persia this came oh, out in yes. 1989 and i know nothing of this i don't know if this is what they based the disney movie off of but it was. It was. Oh, uh, was it? Okay, I didn't know that. You learned something new every day. It was an day. original series back then, and that one, so good. I absolutely loved that one. The only thing, mm. though, as of its era, it was one of those. Um, and the first Tomb Raider was like this, too, where it was kind of annoying that, uh, especially if you're used to games as they are now in our current year but back then it prince of persia it was uh like an action game but it was a type of button where you hit jump and then one two then the character jumped so you really had to anticipate stuff all the controls you had to input them 
like you had to anticipate and put the control in before what was going to happen. So it was like, there was like a lag to it. Like it's just how it was made when it came out. <laughs> All right. This franchise might be best known for the 3D spectacular titles that began with the Sands of Time back in 2003, but this hit series began life uh, began life as a 2D platform. Yep. It puts players in the shoes of a titular prince as he adventures through a series of deadly dungeons and catacombs. It is breakingly stunning for its time with smooth animations and gives players slight visual cues to help their time tricky jumps like like you were saying prince yeah, of persia you got to be ahead of it you got to <laughs> be ahead of it <laughs> prince of persia was the first video game to make use of motion capture techniques when animating its sprites made most famous from by mortal kombat resulting in the flu the fluid realistic movement that appears in the finished product See, I never played this game, so I have no idea, but I'm glad you did. But I liked it, but it also, you can imagine, it's super frustrating because you, like, think you got it, and it's like you input the commands, and then you're like, and then, like, if it goes wrong. And, like, these days, you're used to the controls being super, you know, interactive, and you, you can move your character and dodge and everything like that. Like, this one, like, you made the move, and then it failed, and you're like, no, that's not. <laughs> I I waited, you know, and it's like, yeah, it can be, it could have been, it could be super frustrating, but it's also super cool. <laughs> okay, um, I had to look up when um, NES first came out. It was first released in Japan in 1983, and then, and then in 84, 85 in America. So okay, so this was early 80s, mid 80s. But all right, I mean, I I don't remember. Uh, I never had one. Um, I know my brothers did. I mean, I was Atari and everything. But then one, I, that was, I remember playing ColecoVision at my friend's house. But I I never had personally a Nintendo NES system until I met Renee. She had one when she was going to college, and that's when I, I started playing it. My game was Mario, the Super Mario 3. That was the one that I loved. Yeah. All right. Um, number 11. Marky was really into this game. Not with the original NES. I think with um, GameCube. He was all about Metroid. that came mm. out in 1986. And I only knew it because of Marky. I remember seeing the title, but never really played this one. Have you? The original. Yes. Yes, the original. And this is this is top five for me as far as uh, NES games and experiences in the 80s. This was one of those that like this is this speaks directly to the thing I'm talking about, about uh, leaving it on like. Because if you want to finish it, like it's you know there's a, there's a good amount of length to it. it the mother brain is the the final thing, and uh, yeah, one of my uh, first big huge gaming achievements would be the completion and 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 beating of this game. Uh, this also speaks to the era of uh, Nintendo Power, the magazine, uh, and like. You know, the maps, 
that would come with that. And also, uh, I think they eventually made a, a movie and or a TV show about this. But do you remember for Nintendo Power, they actually had also uh, a telephone line that you could call to get help with uh, NES games, Nintendo games. You'd call this uh, number and uh, these experts, these Nintendo experts would be able to help you walk you through the game. <laughs> Didn't we just talk about that documentary? I think we did. Was it? It was. I want to say Nintendo Power was the name yeah, of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that was a. I, I never called. And it was again. I never had any. I never NES called system. it, but I. I like always kind of wanted to, but that was obviously that was in the era of uh, nine hundred numbers, and I always remember that was actually a big thing. Like we'd see, you'd see them on TV, you know. Call 900 for this, call 900 for that, obviously. And they had the adult stuff, obviously. But I remember uh, being a big thing with my folks. Like, yeah, you can use the phone to call your friends, but never dial 1-900-anything. <laughs> Was it High Score? Was that the name of the documentary? It might have been, but yeah. Like, yeah, I never personally called that uh, NES hotline, the Nintendo Power hotline, but uh, I was all about the magazine, and I had tons <laughs> of the magazines, and sometimes you'd want to get them just the cover, but then also uh, they'd have things for games like Metroid. They'd have full, like, fold-out, like, maps of the entire game, and it's funny to think about that now just because games these days that'd be impossible really to have like a printout map like that you know yeah there's a documentary uh, i think it was on netflix or one of these things when they expl- they talk about the, the nintendo power line or whatever they called them yep um and there was people there and then the magazine that came out and they were putting out those magazines and like you said, with um, walkthroughs, the layouts. Yep. But they video with these video game creators wouldn't put those out. They you'd have to have they'd hire all these people to play the games and then map it all out themselves. Yeah, get the pictures. Yeah, and, yeah, and then put it out. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it was it was a lot. I mean, I I never really got into those games, but it was a cool little documentary. I can't remember what it was called though, but try to try to find it. Yeah, but yeah, Metroid, the original, huge for me. <laughs> so right. so much so when uh, Nintendo Wii came around, that's uh, kind of one of the first times you know we get into the era of like uh, downloading games and stuff like that. And they had the Wii shop with all the old retro games, NES and Super Nintendo games. Uh, that's one of the ones I had to download just for nostalgia saying that's what i did with all most of these ones we're talking about <laughs> all right i mean uh coming in number 10 we just mentioned this game a little bit ago this is um uh the legend of zelda uh came out in 1986 I-, I was never really into this game i just remember watching my buddy play it and um who was the character in this link yeah like, yes. was, was he an elf or yeah basically 
and he just ran around in all these mazes and adventures and the game yeah, went on well, and on and on. <laughs> what's innovative about this one is just the the game design what D was felt, you know, one of a kind, very revolutionary and people are still uh, into it today. Like every time a Zelda comes out, even now, like it's just a huge event. But back then, just this idea of the world map and then you make your way over to the dungeon and you defeat the creature in it. And almost just like I was saying uh, with Mega Man, it's the same thing where you get something out of these dungeons and it eventually, you know, leads you to the, you know, final Ganondorf, the final big bad. But uh, yeah, um, as much as I like the original Zelda, actually for me, it was the Super Nintendo version, uh, Link to the Past. That was far and away my favorite. That game, I remember when that came out, that truly felt like next generation which is so funny because you know obviously you look at it now it's so retro but i remember back then like oh my god super nintendo it's so far and away <laughs> i mean video games have come a long way from Pong, oh, yeah. from pc games back then to what we have now right. <laughs> basically yeah. you look like you're watching a movie yeah and, and it just well, comes to you you download it <laughs> <clears throat> no, you had to go out and buy these uh, these cartridges and everything. But I, again, I never really got into any of these. By '86, uh, mid '80s, I was other than skateboarding. Girls came into play, so that kind of took <laughs> a lot out of my uh, game time. But all right, now we're getting into what I loved. Nineteen uh, coming in at number nine. This is a game, uh, arcade game that came out in 1981. I did not like the home. Uh, Video, the home version ones, it just didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the same. And this is Tempest, for those of you that remember that one. Yeah. I still get an enjoyment with this game. Uh, I just play it to play it and just try to get as high as I can. Uh, again, the game, again, starts off easy and then just gets harder and harder and harder and faster. Uh, I assume you're some kind of spaceship because the graphics to this is just lines. Right. And <laughs> it's nothing really. For those of you that don't know what Tempest is, I mean, just look it up, and and you'll probably look at it and go, "This is fun. This was hella fun." <laughs> <laughs> so, I really loved it. And again, it got faster and faster. More little static things came at you. Those uh, red things that moved around that jumped from uh, from little uh, space to space and everything. And oh man, I just would play this over and over and over again. Uh, I really loved it. Like, I couldn't really tell you the. I think it was one of those games that didn't end. Uh, I, I remember watching those tournaments right. where guys would play this, it and it just went on and on and on. It just got harder and harder and harder until you. This is the one where it's around the screen, right? Like you're you're rolling it around yeah. the screen, right? Yeah, it w- it wasn't a joystick. It was a button and a knob. It was a roller, yeah. A knob. You just had to turn that knob uh, right. left or right and go oh, all yeah, the way yeah, around. Yeah. That's right. That's so it, it was that game. And uh, again, if you don't know what this game is, look it up. I, and my, again, it might not be fun to you, but it was fun to us <laughs> in Back 1981. Then. I still <laughs> play it today when I come across it. Again, I didn't like the home version one. It just, it, you didn't it have the knob. Yeah. It didn't, it, you had the joystick. It wasn't, the, it wasn't right. the same as using the knob. 
Exactly. All right. This was another game that I loved. I loved Stargate a little bit more because you were able to uh, disappear <laughs> and all that. But um, this is uh, the original one before Stargate. And this is coming in number eight, 1980s Defender. Uh, just scrolling across the screen, your little spaceship graphics. They're awesome when it came out. I still I still get enjoyment today uh, when I just find these little retro bars. Um, you're just in a spaceship and you're just shooting aliens and they're trying to abduct all these little people on the bottom. Uh, look up Defender if you have no idea what I'm talking about. And this was another one of those games. They got harder and harder and harder as you went along. More aliens, more different little dust. Flying saucers coming at you. And the thing that I loved is when the planet blew up. Um, when all the aliens abducted all the little uh, people that are down in the landscape. Uh, once they abducted all those aliens, the whole planet that you're flying over blows up. Then you're just in space and everything's coming at you top speed. And you're, you're going back and forth. Um, and you're, you're going either left or right. Up and down. That was it. And you had... Um, there was no joystick from what I remember. I think it was, it was just buttons and that was the hard thing, the left and right button and then the shooting. And then there was a smart bomb button. Uh, later, later there was a Stargate one where there was like a hyperspace. There was a hyperspace button, I believe. And same, it was basically the screen changed a little. It was basically the same defender game, but I remember just playing this one for just any time I could play. I still play again. I play, I play all these these vintage 80s game, arcade games that I grew up with whenever I see them. If I see them somewhere, like I I just have to play. And Renee hates it when I find <laughs> these games because she's like, huh. <laughs> but I'm, I, I just can't help it, man. I, I love them. Did you play this one? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, not whole time, but yeah. Completely familiar uh, with it. When, when it came out on Atari for the 2600, I mean, any of those games, any of these arcade, arcade classic, stand-up arcade classic games you get, when Atari was putting them, like Pac-Man, Space Invaders, and Defender, or Asteroids, you're thinking, you like, oh my God, you're thinking of how you played it in arcade. But when you get home to play it, it looks totally different, doesn't even look like what you're used to. But that's all we had, and you still get some kind of enjoyment out of it. But Defender, I loved this game. All right. Yep. Ah, this is a, this is my childhood. I still play it today. I had the little um, little uh, Game Boy version. The the Game Boys when they were turned sideways. I I can't remember what they were called. Not the classic ones, but coming in at number seven. This is what started it off, boys and girls. For those of you that think Super Mario Brothers was the first time Mario was came on the screen, that I can remember. 1981's Donkey Kong. I love this game. I can play this game for hours and hours. Um, maybe not hours and hours in the uh, arcade, but uh, I was able to get it. I mean, to to see every screen, the ramps, the pegs, the elevators. Um, first, they were calling it a pie factory, and then there were people were calling it like they were piles of mud or piles of sand. I don't know exactly what that third screen, wait, one, two, fourth screen was. I'm going to go with what that what, what everyone said when I first saw it, and they called it the Pie Factory. But Donkey Kong, you're Mario. You're running up and down the ramps. Donkey Kong is big gorilla storm, 
barrels and whatever at you on the second screen when the balls of flames are coming at you and then with the elevators these little springy things are coming uh you just don't let them hit you there's little uh, balls of flames chasing you as well and uh, the the pie factory i don't know what it was called maybe you guys can look it up but um the little conveyor belts that are moving you got to jump over those things that look like pies uh, and everything it was it was just an amazing time uh for video games at that time because i remember hearing about donkey kong when it first came out for those of you that did go to chuck e cheese when we were kids chuck e cheese today is not the chuck e cheese we grew up with in the 80s when right. it first came out it was yes it had the the ski balls and the the little ticket games and all that but there was ones i the one i used to go to was in hayward next to toys r us uh, close to that small little airfield, and it was packed full of arcade stand-up video games. Now these Chuck E. Cheese, wherever they are, if you, if you have one in your area, none of that's in there anymore. Chucky and the gang were all there and everything with the Funtime Gang or Funtime Band or whatever the hell they were called, but nothing was like the 80s Chuck E. Cheese. Pizza still su- the pizza sucked back then. The pizza still sucks today. I don't don't know how these people these these this business still stays in business, but I mean they're still around. Kids love them, and Daniel Daniel knows what Chuck E. Cheese is, and he wow. wants to go. But I am wow. not taking him there. I'm just gonna not show him the one in Reno. <laughs> so, but oh, I do not want to go. I do not want to go in there. But Donkey Kong it. was was an awesome time. Did you play this one in arcade? I did. Uh, and talking about go to. Uh, arcade spots growing up in the bay area uh, initially living there in point richmond uh, the little liquor store there that was like a, a go-to uh they had the original street fighter not street fighter 2 but the original street fighter where you didn't select a player you were automatically one player was uh uh, Ryu, a second player was Ken. If there were two, if there were uh, two players, but uh, there was that. Uh, Laval's was a go-to uh, going over to Berkeley, and then my dad lo- used to love to go to Golden Gate Fields, the horse race track, and they had a row of uh, video games there. And I'm pretty sure Donkey Kong was one of the ones that was in rotation there. That would be the kind of thing where my dad would. You know, give me five bucks and quarters or whatever. And then, yeah, you just run the rotation. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to find the the levels of uh, or what they actually called them. Other than the ramps and the pegs and the, the elevators. I want to see what the, okay, here's levels. Um, what they called them. I never, did, I never got a, I never did a kill screen. If those of you guys don't know what I'm talking about, an awesome documentary to watch is The King of Kong. That is that document. I love it. I have it on DVD. Makes me happy and it makes me mad at the same time. And while I'm speaking of The King of Kong, fuck Billy Mitchell. Um, but man, <laughs> that was a good documentary. Um. Some of you are probably already screaming the names of these levels, but it, I'm not seeing anything. Well, I'm just seeing big uh, paragraphs, and I don't feel like trying to read 
any of this. I mean, I do something. Why did you have it pulled up? I didn't read the list. I told we told you <laughs> we just go through uh, each of these um these lists. All right, let me see. I found a picture. Let me see. Okay, um, this uh, barrels is the first level. Rivets are the second one. Elevators is the third. It just says conveyors, the ones that I called the pie factory. So I don't really know what those things are that are coming across the screen. Are they little things of pie or are they things of sand? I don't know. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. The conveyor one was hard because there's plenty of those little fireballs jumping around and then the conveyor belts are moving and sometimes they can shift. They can be going left and all of a sudden they're going right and you got to hurry and run. And there's uh, the elevator, the um, not elevators, the, the ladders at the very top to get to the top to, to save uh, the girl. They moved. They, they were like, they would go up and down. So it was kind of hard. And if those fireballs are right on your ass, you got to make sure that, that, that ladder is up so you can climb up and everything. But I mean, I, I love this game. It was just so fun to play and I could play it for hours and hours of uh, just this. I mean, some of you, I mean, some of you new guys that, 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 that play all these awesome Xbox and PlayStation games now. I mean, this is this is where it started for us. I mean, because I remember when this came out. I mean, like I said, the, the earlier video games, they were just lines and everything. And they didn't look great. They weren't even in color. But then when these games came out and everything was in color, and you're like, oh, man, this is awesome. Today, the game, I don't know if it's on this list, but I'll talk about it really quick. The game that blew me away was Dragon's Lair. When that game came out, when it was just a cartoon animated thing and you were able to control Dirk the Daring, oh, man, I, I never, ever got to the dragon in that game. Plus, that game was just hard. <laughs> so. And it was, and it, if I'm remembering right, it wasn't uh, a 25-cent one. It was like, it was more as 50 cents, 75, or like a dollar. It depended on where you played it. I mean, I remember yeah. playing it at 7-Eleven it was 50 cents but then you went to some big arcade and it was 75 cents and some yeah. places it was a dollar yeah right but, oh man donkey kong classic classic game i can play i if i was billionaire i would have me a donkey kong uh stand up arcade game in my house <laughs> cuz i love that game um at the end, we'll get to what we would love to have stand-up wise in our houses. I got a few that I'll throw at you guys. Yep. All right, number six. Um, this again, this is my favorite Mario game uh, out of the NES one. Super Mario Bros. Three came out in 1989. Uh, regular Mario Brothers was fun. Two, eh, it was okay. But three, when he was able to fly and everything, because he had the little uh squirrel tail or whatever that was <laughs> i love this one i never beat this i beat the first one i never beat the second one because i just kind of didn't really care for it but the third one i remember beating that game that had that was able we were able to save because you had levels that you can save so i, I loved about i love that and this game was just hours and hours of fun uh, and i've beat it many many times after i beat it the first time i was able to just go back and as soon as you were done, I'm going to beat it again and play it again and still have, you know, all the levels, you know which way to go, but it's just fun to play and do different things and everything. But Super Mario Bros. 3 was my favorite out of the uh, the Nintendo series of Mario games. Yep. Did you play this one a lot? 
Yeah, played a ton. And this was the era for me, the age I was when it came out, where uh, I thought it was fun to then start to draw out uh, my own design level. It was, uh, we just happened to in school be using like graph paper. I was supposed to be using it for like math class and stuff like that. But uh, I remember using it to design my own Mario levels, which is funny. Uh, I wasn't, uh, I didn't make enough moves in school to, uh, do it myself, but, uh, I feel like I was, I'm probably obviously not the only one, but, uh, I feel like I had that, that idea. They eventually made it a game, the, the Mario maker, the make your own levels game. Like I had that idea, like I was building levels back then for uh when uh mario 3 was out yeah i absolutely loved it <laughs> they did i never heard of that well i mean they eventually went on to make it is what i'm saying like no i mean mario maker that was oh. yeah i never let me see oh okay i remember this now i had to see what it was i never played it but hmm. i'm sure the boys either marky or kyle had this game they had so many games. I don't even know what they had. I know there was a lot of Mario ones. Right. But they, they could just not get down with Donkey Kong. <laughs> I go, this is this is the what started it all. They're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. Right. All right, moving on to number five. I never even heard of this game. This is a game that came out in 1987. This is called Maniac Mansion. Hey, I, this one I mentioned a little bit I, ago. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't remember it. What, what was it? I, maniac chasing you what is this <laughs> so yeah you actually this would have been perfect for you right up your your alley this was like creepy and kooky but i mean obviously not so much that uh for me that i couldn't handle it but uh this one you may or may not see in the article this one had a little bit of controversy it's from uh lucasfilm lucas games uh developed it but early on in the development, if you got one of the first copies, which I did, uh, they had this option. And it sounds obviously completely horrible because it is completely horrible. But you got to remember, we're talking about the, the 80s here. Um, you, you, it's, it's kind of, uh, you move your character around the mansion. Like I said, there's all kinds of creepy, kooky stuff and characters and like you can interact with all kinds of stuff and pick it up and then you have it in your inventory and you can do stuff with it. So in this first version of the game, you could take the hamster and put it in the microwave. And the fact that you could do that in the game, like obviously it's pretty awful and pretty messed up. Uh, it led to a, a recall of the game. Like it was on the news and everything. And I remember, you know, my mom hearing about it and uh, my parents who obviously were cool enough to let me watch things like predator and RoboCop and whatnot. Uh, my mom basically was just like, you want to keep that? I was like, yeah, we can keep it. It's like going to be the rare one. Like everybody else is going to have the one where you can't do it. And she's like, well, you know, you can't do it in real life, right? Yes, of course. And of course I would never do something like that. But, um, yeah, that was one of the things about it. Uh, and it's funny cause like I, I said, when I brought it up earlier here in the pod, they're doing, um, 
like a, a new run of the game, like a, just a collector's version of it. They're releasing through limited run games. And it was funny to see on their Instagram post when they put it, how many people in the comments were like, can you microwave the hamster though? <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> and that no. whole controversy? No, I don't remember any of this. Yeah, it was on the news and everything back then. Oh, <laughs> it was oh. like a whole big deal, like, oh Lucasfilm games, like, oh, what does George Lucas think? His company is making these games, like you can oh, what is this teaching our children? Hamsters well, microwaves. Obviously, this is nothing compared to what video games are now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, different times. And in the late 80s, everyone. No, yeah. I never played the game, much less so good. even heard, so heard of it. It's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've played a lot of these games I never heard of. <laughs> but, yeah. It was the right. perfect era for me coming up, obviously. Your years, you know, younger than you, it put me right there like i was you know throughout the 80s it was elementary school into middle school for me so perfect because your era was more the the nintendo era yeah nes I mean, you still had the arcade games as well but you yeah you were the N nintendo generation i was the, the right. arcade and pinball and uh atari 2600 uh gen but and i don't know right. if this on the list i don't know if it's on the list but just real quick to tell this story um i didn't have nintendo when it first came out our neighbor upstairs in point richmond they had it and it was the kind of thing like i'd want to go over there as much as i could as much as i could it was like a given thing my folks knew like eventually they were gonna want to get it and then um my dad he got the game um rbi baseball he's a big baseball guy giants a's all that <laughs> so but uh yeah rbi baseball for nintendo and it was funny when um the super nintendo came out obviously i really wanted it all the kids wanted it it was you heard about it uh, them talking about it at school but uh <laughs> my dad it was it's funny too because like it was you know Obviously not so fun at the time, but it's funny how it did kind of turn into a memory and a story here. And here I'm telling it now, but, uh, he was, he, he was like, oh yeah, if you want to, uh, move on to that system, you've got to like master this old system. So you've got to beat me in RBI baseball. So I remember playing him in that. And I did it, and I remember being obviously so mad. Um, and they didn't obviously get it for me right away, but eventually they did, and you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, that was of that era. And then yeah, it was pretty much uh, Super Nintendo until you know that was was out as I got through and finished high school and then i think right the year i graduated was the year uh, playstation came out and that was like the first time like okay now i'm i'm uh, out of high school working a regular job and it's like i can actually get it so that was like the era then all of a sudden like then it was on me 
to to get these these systems uh, but yeah um one other quick story as it relates to super nintendo because it just came to mind um not being able to get it uh, when it first came out the video stores back then i don't know if you remember this but you could rent the systems from them and i remember i walked all the way from i lived at albany hill all the way up into berkeley up by the university to um the video stores up there i can't remember if it was front row or what it was but uh i walked all the way up there just to rent uh the super nintendo did you ever did you ever rent the systems <laughs> no um well one of my friends always had one Man, we we only had Atari, right? Um, my brothers, my younger brothers, they had all the Nintendos, and then when when we started having kids, Marky mainly he the N sixty four, the GameCube, and right. Sega, and Genesis, yeah. not not Genesis, um, Dreamcast, Dreamcast, all that. He had everything, and then Xbox came out, and. Uh, play. I was always PlayStation. I had PlayStation. Yep. Up to Same. four. <laughs> that was it. And I'm five, still going. <laughs> five, maybe eventually. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was crazy uh, with all the stuff that we had and everything. So but. yeah, but for me, like I don't know, that was just that's a crazy memory too. As far as like my how far I would go for gaming, like that's a crazy walk, especially for like a middle schooler <laughs> to go all the way up the hill all the way up all the way through albany all the way to to into berkeley to the video store i remember having my backpack and putting my backpack that's probably pretty risky too <laughs> whatever well, you were that about was like early 90s like having that super nintendo in my backpack and then walking back through berkeley <laughs> all were, the way back down Albany. <laughs> you were about that life. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, this game I remember playing it, but never really played it much. This is a game uh, number four came out in 1984. This is a, ga- a game called Elite. Um, looking at the screen, I can I remember it, but I think it was just one of those. Uh, the graphics weren't the greatest. Just lines. In space, and you're shooting at spaceships, from what I remember uh, in that one. But um, if you're a video game or console, you're more likely to associate space faring, faring, fair, faring, whatever, and wireframe models with Star Fox. But it was Elite that did it first, a space simulator that combines the thrill of interstellar flight with moral choices. Elite is, was orig- originally released. For the BBC Micro Acorn Electron Computers. <laughs> Never heard of those. Elite is credited as the inspired several Hallmark franchises. Everything from the obvious, like the space exploration game, No Man's Sky, or to the open-ended worlds of Grand Theft Auto. Um, yeah, I remember playing this on like on computers. It was uh, You were just buttons. No joysticks, none of that. I remember it was just the up and down key and then whatever 
to fire. I don't remember, but um, it was fun in 1984 uh, for a, a computer game. But I didn't play it a lot. I remember playing it like at Sears uh, on those computers or they wouldn't let us play games like this in school. The only games that I remember we had in school were Hangman and um, I think it was called Moonlander, which was hard to try to to try to land a, a little um a little moon spaceship <laughs> or whatever yep. the, 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 the ship that the little uh, air, this ship that landed on the moon uh, that it was that game was hard and the thing was that it wasn't just you had to um, just guide it in you had to solve these problems quick in order for it to land if you didn't solve the problem really quick you crashed I guess that was the way it was teaching you that's why we got to play it but Elite again. I played it once or twice. I don't really. I remember it, but I, I never really got into it that much. But no. All right. Yeah. For me, Number it was. Uh, you mentioned that uh, it led to like Star Fox. That's the one I played. Star Fox. <laughs> I remember that Marky played it. Yeah. All right. Number three. I never got into any of this. This is a uh, late ni- late eighties, nineteen eighty nine. Sim City. Yay! There was a billion of these games. I never got into them. What were what were they? Um, the original city simulator building thing. It was uh, yeah, it was actually so super fun. It was one of the first uh, big Super Nintendo games uh, I remember, and yeah, it was just so fun because it was like. You had, you know, you lay down the commercial, the residential, the industrial, and you, if you, you know, your city grew, then, you know, you, they give you like a special park or like a statue and stuff like that. And it's like, it's a game that's actually continued and, you know, they have, they've had recent Sim Cities. And then they've had spit, you know, spinoffs and stuff like that now, where they take it even further and stuff. But yeah, I remember the original just being so fun. Like I remember trying to uh, like recreate uh, making the Bay Area in SimCity. Like I wanted to make it look just like uh, the Bay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I remember when they came out. It sounded cool, but I just never got into it. These were all computer games, right? Well, no, uh, the uh, Super Nintendo for SimCity. Oh, I thought it was... Um, They had PC versions of these. They right? had PC versions, yes. Okay. But, yeah, they had, a, they had a Super Nintendo version. That's the one all I played. Because right. <laughs> I remember... Oh, excuse me, everyone. My buddy was always playing those. I mean, he was always playing that. And then that one uh, roller coaster tycoon or whatever. Right. He, he liked making his own worlds and everything. Right. So he, w- he was really into all that. I just, I never really got into any of that. If you couldn't kill things and blow things up or skateboard, <laughs> I, I didn't play it. So. But. Right. All right. Number two. We talked about this briefly. It wasn't my favorite because we talked about the third one a little few back. Super Mario Bros. for the f- Nintendo. This is the game that came with the Can't Nintendo wait. system. It was a double game. It was this and Duck Hunt. Duck I Hunt. still 
I still love <laughs> Duck Hunt. I can play that. I, it's dumb and everything, but I can sit there and play that for hours. Uh, Super Mario Bros. 1985. Um, this is what everyone, a lot of uh, guys thought that this was the first uh, introduction to Mario. But I already said Donkey Kong was uh, was the first one that I can remember. But, and um, there I, was an original. There was an original Mario Brothers two uh, that was also an arcade game, and it was just a one screen or two. Like it looked almost like a Donkey Kong screen. The original was, Mario Brothers. I want to say it was three screens if I can remember right, because you were running around in like in the sewers, and there were right. like jet turtles and crabs and. There's a an ice part when these little ice things fall up and freeze. Uh, the little the little levels you're jumping on because you, if you're running and and trying to go back the other way, you'd slide and everything. It, it, that was fun. I remember playing that one. That was a double. You could play single, but it sucked. It was always better to play uh, with someone. But this one, uh, I can still play this one today. Uh, I the one I played the most um, was the Game Boy original, original classic Game Boy. Um, I played that one more and more than than this one, and that one I beat many many times. But when you beat these games, to me it was always like, all right, I beat it before. I know what I'm doing. I know where everything's at. You were just trying to beat it as fast as you could, and this was this was one of those ones. I mean, I remember beating it, and uh, yeah, as soon as you were done, I would go back and just try to get through it faster, and everything. And then and then there was times where. You would, uh, on the Game Boy one and this one, this was what I would do. Just try to run through as small Mario and try not to get the big the mushrooms that made you bigger and, and all the little hidden things that are jumping on. Just try to get through that first screen. But, I mean, it was just, I mean, once you play it over and over, then you just start doing crazy things like that. But I do love this game. I can sit down and play it. Uh, I haven't played it in years, but if someone had it in front of me, I'd sit there and play it until I was done. <laughs> but um, you got that Nintendo thumb after a while, and you're sitting there for hours oh, playing yeah. these games. For sure, for sure, no doubt. <laughs> but, of course, you played this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hours and hours of fun. Given. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fun to us, because this was mainly your era of it, but it was it was I was still yep. there in the beginning. I can still get some entertainment out of it, but I mean, I do hear these young guys that are like, like this is what was fun for you guys. Yes, yeah, that's what we had. Yeah, that's what we had. I mean, you guys are not spoiled like you guys today. But then our game, our video games weren't a hundred dollars. <laughs> they were like twenty five at the most at this time. I would say. Yep. Um, I also remember um, going to Toys R Us for these games. It was interesting. They had the aisle with the little flip, like you, uh, you, you. If you look like the, whatever the game was, Mega Man, whatever, you could flip it and look at the back, and it would like have like a description or some pictures of actual, you know, of the game. <laughs> and there were some places that had the little systems hooked up. I mean, sometimes it just didn't work, um, but. Uh, especially when something big, major came out. I remember when Nintendo Systems first came out, I went to Toys R Us or wherever, and there was a time limit. There was an employee standing yeah. there. Like, okay, <laughs> you, you played for a minute or whatever, now you need to let someone else play. I remember that. I was like, man. And I remember when one of the Tony Hawk games came out. I think it was the second one. Um, 
I can't remember what store it was. I wanted to, it might have been Best Buy. I remember going in there going, oh, Tony Hawk 2, and I was sitting there playing it, and then some, and no, nobody was there. I was standing there just playing it, and then a guy came up, all right, it's, you got to give someone else a turn. And I turned around, and I said, there ain't no one else here. He goes, <laughs> I, I guess that's just what I got to tell you. I'm like, you know, I was like, all right, man, whatever. <laughs> Different times, everyone. Yep. All right, on to our number one game on this 80s kids list of the 20 best or what was it called? Wasn't it the 20 best, was it? It was the, um, yeah, the 20 greatest video games of the 1980s. And this one, it was, this was also Super Mario came with uh, the Game Boy, but I think I got like, um, the Costco version, or it might have been Price Club at that time. For those of you that remember Price Club, it was, that was what this is for all you Costco kids. It was called Price Club before it turned to Costco. But anyway, I mean, uh, I remember getting it. I think for Christmas or something. Um, it came with the Mario cartridge game, and it was all. I, mean, I don't know. They always did these bundles at Costco, Price Club, whatever. And Tetris came with it as well. So. Tetris, I played the stand-up version first because one of my friends was always playing it. And I was like, what, do you, what, do you, what is it? What do you do? You just got to line up all these and try to get a Tetris. Was it four lines was a Tetris or five? I don't remember. Um, Someone's yelling it. <laughs> wasn't it just a cross? No, I mean, there was like, yeah, it was all the way across. But um, Oh, no, you're, you're right. It's four. Four yeah, you had is, to get uh, is the actual Tetris. Yeah, so you were able to get aiming for. Yeah, you try to get. I mean, you you can clear. You can oh. clear lines. I remember that's what I just tried to do anyway. I just yeah, I mean, I I didn't realize. <laughs> I thought I thought Tetris was just the game, the name. I didn't know there yeah. was a a point where you can get a Tetris. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> because when you got a Tetris, the screen would light up and everything, and so I thought that was really cool. Um. I loved the 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 Game Boy one more. It was just black or whatever color that was. It wasn't there was no color in it until Game Boy Color came out. I didn't like with the Game Boy Color with the old original Game Boy cartridges. They would colorize it and it just looked dumb. I I didn't like that. <laughs> but right. um, but this is one of those games. If it was the only game you had and you would play it for hours and hours and hours. And just like it, it would get harder and harder as you went up, as you, as you went along. I don't know what level I've, the highest level I've been on. But the only thing that bugged me about this game, after you sit there and play for, oh, I don't know how long, get the Nintendo thumbs and everything, when you close your eyes, that's all you see. <laughs> the little shapes, the long ones, the ones that look like L's, the little pyramid looking ones. And oh my God. That's all you would see in, in your eyes. Same thing with um, Dr. Mario. I, I love that one more <laughs> with the little pills. All I could see are pills falling yep. out of the sky <laughs> and everything. But Tetris, okay. uh, for a game that came out in 1985, me, again, playing the first time I played it was the stand-up version. And I can still find enjoyment enjoyment in it today in 2023. But um, when was the first time you played this one? Or which version was it? Game Boy or um, 
Nintendo or stand-up? Probably the, yeah, the Nintendo version, even though, like you, I remember the original Game Boy, it being one of the premier titles for uh, Game Boy. I also remember the Mario for that. I don't know if you remember the Mario for the original Game Boy. It was actually quite hard. Like, it, it, it was, like, a lot different. That was the one. That. It, it was it was way different than the the home version. Yeah, I remember beating. <laughs> I beat that one before the the home the NES one. The Game Boy Mario is the one that I beat first. And that, that was, was the hard. One. And I I can. <laughs> if someone handed me original, I still have an original Game Boy around here somewhere. <laughs> I mean, but if I could th- throw that game in, I I will play it until I beat it. I mean, that, that, I mean, I I know where I'm going. Even even if I haven't played it in years and years, I still know. Remember where the little secret uh, time warp rooms were, or whatever. And I know where all the little hidden things are. I still remember. I think as I play it, I, it would come to me. But um, yeah, I remember all. I remember those games, man. It's just, these yeah. new video games now, like The Last of Us and all that. I've just played it recently, a couple weeks ago. At the ZC's house. That's the first time I played it. Still only one episode in. Everyone, I'm gonna. They're just about done. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get that. The uh, Eric and uh, ZC will come back with more uh, for that. But we will. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go back up to twenty. Uh, Contra. Well, well, real quick. Wait. 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 One second. Real quick. Uh, have you heard about this uh, documentary going around? The series on Investigation Discovery, the Tetris Murders. Oh, man, you're gonna make you and your murder shows. <laughs> I, know. I know. Tetris murders. Don't don't. I mean, it, it's on there now. Yeah, it's uh, three episodes. All right. Uh, yeah. Peaking my interest. I don't know how a video game can lead to murder, but um, well, it's 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 involving uh, the co-developer of the game. You know what? I have heard of this. I thought it was like just like okay. average Joes <laughs> killing each other no. over Tetris. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of I kind of remember it. I don't I don't really know the whole gist of it, the whole thing, but I'll check it out. Yeah. All Speaking right. Discovery okay. isn't it getting rid? <laughs> and aren't they getting rid of it? You remember you telling me that they decided uh, to keep it. So oh, they are. I guess. Oh. I guess I'll keep paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Renee watches it. So. Um, at least as, as long as people are watching it, that's the important part. I know my folks watch it. Hopefully Renee watches it. So we she can get some, some value out of it. <laughs> I r- r- rarely watch it unless you recommend something. But yeah. All right. From the top, uh, 20 was Contra. Came out in 1987. Uh, 19, Ultima 5, Quest for the Avatar, 1985. Uh, number 18, Boulder Dash, 1984. Uh, 17, Pac-Man, 1980. 16, Mule, came out in 1983. We had no idea what that game was. <laughs> Sounded interesting. Uh, number 15, Mega Man 2, came out in 1989. Uh, 14, R-Type, uh, 1987. I had no idea what that was. These two did. Uh, number 13, Wasteland, came out in 1988. Uh, another one, Zisu New 12, Prince of Persia, came out in 1989. Uh, Metroid coming in number 11, 1986. Number 10, The Legend of Zelda, came out in 1986. Number 9, Tempest, 1981. 
Uh, Defender, 1980, coming in at number eight. Number seven is Donkey Kong, 1981. Number six, Super Mario Bros. 3, 1989. The NES. Uh, number five, no idea what this was until you explained it. Maniac Mansion came out in 1987. Uh, four, Elite, 1984. I kind of remember it, but I told you what I remembered. Uh, number three, SimCity, 1989. Um, number two, the NES Super Mario Bros, 1985, and number one, 1985 as well, Tetris. All right, everyone, that was the best, or the, the 20 greatest video games of the 1980s. Um, it might not be your top, tw- the greatest 20, but uh, yeah, 80s, 80skids.com, 80skids.com said this was uh, their favorite. But all right, remember, really, really quick. Um, if you could pick three arcade stand-up games that, and you can put in your house, what would they be? Right away, the most, the one that was most important to me that um, I traveled all around the Bay Area, uh, San Francisco, Berkeley, Oakland, everywhere. Uh, Street Fighter Two, that was such an amazing time when that came out like and the idea of you know putting your quarter up next and like you were talking about the way the crowds would would uh, go around you um that'd be definitely number one for me um and i'd have to think uh probably one we mentioned earlier and i'm surprised it wasn't on the list the gauntlet would would be up there for me and then um, a go-to that uh, is is uh, one of the simpler ones, but uh, was always fun just to play. Cubert well, would be one for me. So yeah, Street Fighter Two, Gauntlet, and Cubert would be my three. I love Cubert, but I hated being towards the edge because I always jumped backwards when I'm not meaning right. to jump back. Get disoriented. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you would get disoriented. Like, well, am I jumping the right way? <laughs> I mean, back back in the good old '80s, I mean, all these video games that we're talking about, like Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, Cubert, and all that, they had their own animated shows that came on Saturday mornings. For those of you who don't remember, um, Cubert, I remember watching the show. It was kind of dumb, but I still watched Pac-Man. I watched that. Donkey Kong had a show, and everything. Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I, that was more of a not a board game, but a what do you call those? <sighs> role playing. Role, role playing games. But speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, I can't wait for that new one to come out. Looks but good. Anyway, good. All right, the uh, the three that I would pick. Yeah. Um, definitely, I would pick Russian Attack. If you guys remember that one, I love that game. I didn't like the, the Nintendo version one. It just wasn't the same. But they came out with a Game Boy version. Uh, one of the the newer, later Game Boy ones. I thought that was really cool. I had that, and that game was awesome. Uh, Russian Attack would be my favorite. Uh, the Galaga. I remember sitting there playing it at Flynn's, and you guys, I was playing it too long, and you guys left me. <laughs> so we were at Comic Con that one year. It was uh, mm-hmm. Tron Legacy was about to come out. So Russian <laughs> Attack, Galaga, and of course Donkey Kong. I, I those are a must. I would have in 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 my house if i had room and money to blow <laughs> on those but those are the games that i can play every time i see them there's many many other games that i would i would love to own 
But I think if those are in the three choices, those are the ones I would definitely pick. I mean, I love Tron, that game. I mean, Gauntlet, that was awesome. Uh, I loved Missile Command, Centipede, Millipede, Defender. Uh, Berserk was an awesome game. Um, Robotron, that game was hella fun. Um, Battlezone, that was cool. Uh, Dragon's Lair, which I can never beat. Space Ace, I remember trying it. I just really couldn't. I just couldn't do it. It was just too fast for me. But um, many, many others. I mean, late late 80s, um, the Aliens game, when that came out, that was cool. Or the, the Terminator 2 game, that was in the 90s. When that one came out, that video game was fun. Uh, the Resident Evils, the House of the Deads. Um, I don't think Resident Evil had a stand-up. I know House of the Dead had a stand-up version. On The movies were lame, but the video game was fun. Um, pinball Machines, I still love playing those. But I don't know. There's there's tons of tons of arcade games uh, that 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 uh, I, I like those ones that they sell in Costco when they got like seventy games in it. Right. <laughs> I like those. But right. I think out of those seventy games, and that's probably not quite seventies. Let's just say twenty in there. I remember looking at uh, the one that they had in Walmart. Um, Galaga was one of the games, and then there was like four or five other games on there that I would probably never even play. <laughs> but I know I would get it just for Galaga. I know Marky wanted one and everything. But all right, everyone, that was uh, the '80s kids. Real uh, quick, if to jump in there before we leave the video game conversation, uh, to fast forward to now, current times. I just sent you this picture. Uh, I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before, but I just downloaded this new game uh, for PlayStation Five. I think it's also on PlayStation Four. The Quarry. A thrilling teen horror story where your decisions shape how the night unfolds. Uh, it looks like it really has the vibe of uh, like uh, Jason, like a Friday the 13th style story. And interestingly, it's one of those where it's like Until Dawn. It's acted out by real actors, including this one has uh, Skylar Gisondo and uh, the big one, David Arquette is in this one so um i played it for a little and then i was like man it, is, it was getting a little scary and i backed out and on the title screen i noticed there's a version where you can play co-op with somebody else sitting right next to you so i was like oh this is perfect like uh for when you visit <laughs> yeah next time i come over i can come over again really soon all right, everyone, <laughs> we talked about uh, my flat tire issue. Uh, update on that. How we, uh, I had the flat tire when I went out to visit, and um, I didn't have those special little tools that Toyota makes now. I was cleaning out my truck. The tools that should have been in the little compartment when you lift the seat, like I said, the only thing there was the, the jack stand and no tools. I had to go buy tools, and then we still couldn't do it. Uh, I was cleaning uh, under the seat, and I looked, and there they were. They <laughs> they they weren't where that I sent the Zizo video. They weren't where they should have been. They were kind of jammed under the the other side of the seat. And I I noticed it, and I was like, "What is this?" And I pulled it out, and went off. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we still had a good time, and we got to spend yep. the whole weekend together and everything, well, and had good friends, movies, yep. and all that. But man, it was a mission that one day, all in the rain too. Right. Um, <laughs> but 
the the little tools to crank up the the jack stand and, and get the the little special little stupid tool that Toyota makes now to get the spare tire down that was there. I was like, man, <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, now I know I have it all. I just all right. So now I don't have to. But it was fun though. I mean, we had a good time. We were just supposed to be there overnight and spend it uh, two nights actually. So. Had fun. Gave you guys aliens commentary and everything else, so that was even uh, fun. We will do more commentaries uh, when we're together. Uh, quick, Another quick update on the Survivor. Uh, the school stuff is pretty much over with. Coach uh, reached out to Eric uh, in class and said, hey, whenever your dad uh, is ready, I'm ready to do our Survivor episode. So it may be sooner than later, everyone. We're still going to work it out because I want the Zisu here. It would be better and awesome for both of us to be uh, talking to him and asking him questions and everything. So we we need to figure out when we can do that. But So that's the update on that. Coach is ready for us. He's ready to be a member of the E-Society. I'm still watching. uh, um, We started um, Heroes and Villains, and there's a couple guys that I would like to talk. I'll mention it on the regular show. I'm like, ah. I'm not liking that. That one guy's from Boston, and then there's some other bald guy. I don't know what the his villain? name. The short yeah. villain. Yeah, a little bald dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's getting on my nerves. And that guy with the Boston hat, the Red Sox hat, Boston. Oh, Boston Rub. Yeah, yeah him. Oh, he's getting on my nerves too. <laughs> he's like, he's like the number one person like associated with that show, though. He's like been. Like in the most seasons, he's played the most. He's like hosted a season. They, yeah, he's like an icon of the show. And interestingly, the other guy, the short guy that you're talking about, his brother went on Big Brother and very early on was one of the few people ever to get kicked off the show. He uh, started a fight with another guy. And he got removed from the Big Brother house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that first episode when they, I mean, it got pretty physical. I mean, Rupert uh, broke his toe in like two spots. Uh, one one girl got her shoulder dislocated, and I was like, "Man, this is, this is already starting to be awesome." So I'm only a couple episodes in, so hopefully uh, I can get through that really quick, and then I can also ask uh, Coach uh, some questions, but. He's ready and down, and like Eric always says, he goes. He always likes to talk about it, and <laughs> he's gonna hear. I mean, we're gonna give him as many questions as we can come up with. Again, if you guys are new to the show, um, Coach from Survivor, uh, Ben Wade is gonna come on the show, and we're gonna ask him questions about his time as Survivor, why he wanted to do it, and his adventures in his real life. He's got a book out that Renee and Renee told. Me, quick little story before we get out of here. Um, Renee said. Um, uh, her and Tiga watched the show and when they found out that uh, Coach wrote a book and he was going to be in town doing a signing at a local bookstore, um, this is what Renee told me last night. She goes, Coach was there and Tyson was there. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't think Tyson was a villain, but he's on the villain side and I'm like, I mean, okay. I mean, he could have went either way, but I didn't think he did anything to be a to be worthy well, of a villain, it's but kind of it's it's more just the attitude. Like he's he's a very confident guy. 
<laughs> I thought he was cool, man. He didn't, he didn't care, man. He was hanging ten, walking around naked and everything. <laughs> but I was yeah. like, right off for you, man. But uh, one gal did catch my eye. I think her name was Amanda. I think she is a hero. She was pretty cute. I kind of like who, her. Who do you? Who? What's your general vibe, though? Are you feeling the villains more? Or are you feeling the heroes? Um. <laughs> Just because, I mean, I don't know Coach, but I've talked to him a few times. I mean, I, he's, I like him. Um, I think I'm, I like more of the heroes. I mean, I like JT and I like Rupert. And um, there's another older guy. I can't remember his name. He seemed cool in that Amanda girl. She's, right now, she's just cute. Um, and there's another, oh, there's, a, there's another woman who's kind of getting, she was cuddling with Coach. I can't remember her name. Older woman. I thought she was she was cool. Um, right now, I don't know anyone's names other than the the obvious ones. I don't even know Rupert, TJ, Coach, and Tyson. Um, only because of well, the, the other ones because of the, the that first season I watched, season eighteen. Rupert, I just remember he he just had that face. That, that was all over the place because everyone, he was all wild looking and everything and everyone liked yeah. him. He was like, he was a fan favorite. That was the only reason I knew him. I didn't know anything else about him on this show, but I'm only like two, two, maybe three episodes in uh, for Heroes and Villains. So, but I like what's going on so far. Uh, at least they're not out in the desert. They're in one of the islands in Samoa. So, um, cool. But yeah, once I get into it more, I'll come on and uh, let you guys know what I thought about it. But Nice. All right, everyone. That's going to be it this episode. Please, um, we we hardly ever say this. Rate and review on Apple uh, Podcasts or whatever it's called. Rate and review us. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. But before you tell us you hate us, give us that five uh, stars and then have at it. <laughs> so, but uh, with that, uh, follow us on Facebook. Just search East Society Podcast or Magnus Podcast. Um, you're obviously listening to Anchor, so yeah, everything here. You got jillion, jillion episodes to listen to here. If you're new to the show, right. welcome. Uh, go over to YouTube, follow East Society over there. Shoot on over to T Public, pick up the East Society uh, podcast. We got two designs on there: one for Magnez. Um, I talked to one of uh, my friends is an artist. He's going to help us design a new T-shirt design uh, for the yeah. East Society, and you're going to get uh, our two lovely faces on there in animated form. So <laughs> that'll be cool. Everyone also make stickers of that. No, not really sure when it's going to be done yet, but that's in the works right now. I had to talk to my artists. Follow us on Twitter, East Society Pod, at Magnez Pod, at Theo Zisu. Instagram, East Society Podcast, at the Zisu, at Magnez Pod. Follow our Blu-ray pages, at Blu-ray Nez, at Blu-ray Terror. Uh, TikTok, East Society Pod. And all of that, and just go down in the show notes, and you'll see links to everything. So, but um, we got a regular episode coming really soon. Um, yep, I got some stuff. Yeah, more of this and that. Uh, also, I, I do have another anchor. I need to put it together and uh, put it out. But this, this one will be out before that one. Uh, Mike and I talked about that new Children of the Corn uh, remake trailer. I, I don't know what it is. Listen to the episode, but. Um, yeah, everyone. Um, yeah, just uh, be safe and um, we'll be back. And uh, everyone that just reached out to me and, and gave me his, uh, their good thoughts and everything about my mother and all. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. You guys rock. I love you. Love you. We love you all. 
um, we're doing this for you and you're doing this for us and everything. So, but yeah, my mother-in-law, um, rest in peace. I love you, mom. And we'll see you again on the other side. But with that, everyone, be safe out there. And always remember to party on. That's right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Till next time. Have fun. Be safe. And we'll see you next time, society.